Well, we do want to say thank you so much. Um, you don't get near enough credit for what you do, and thank you for putting your lives on the line for us every single day. And to all of you everywhere, happy Memorial Day. Um, before I get started into my message, uh, I want to just give you an update. Some of you, if you're a Chartel attender, may be already aware that um, we have decided to begin our step forward uh, into public services beginning next Sunday on May the 31st. Um, a lot of, I know that there was, a, as of May 1, churches were beginning to open here in Oklahoma. We've tried to be very slow, very deliberate, very careful, uh, because again, our primary uh, desire is to protect you in every way that we can. But next Sunday, we're going to be taking a step forward. We are going to continue with one service only uh, at 10.30 a.m. Uh, you should see a sheet if you want to go to our website or to our Facebook page or on our app. You'll, give us, you'll see a, a page that kind of details the, uh, everything that's going to happen for that. But just so that you're aware, um, we are going to be seating every other row in our sanctuary. And we will have the overflow rooms uh, available on both sides. So we should have plenty of room for those of you who are ready to take a first step forward. We realize that many of you won't. Uh, we will also have our fellowship hall set up in case we do have uh, more than we expect, or we do have some of you who want to be even a little more isolated, we will have it uh, available for you to be able to watch from down there uh, live as we live stream it, so it's up to you. But that again, that's going to be our, our first step forward. Now, I want to say right off the bat, um, it's really important to us that those of you who are, are older or more vulnerable, that you not come that you stay home, that you protect yourself. Um, we're, I know that many of us can are ready to take a step forward, but many of you are not. I just want to remind you that um, as I was reading some statistics this week, and it talked about the fact that people who are, uh, that, that people 75 and older have accounted for uh, over one half of the COVID-19 deaths. And so, again, if you're uh, older, if you have any kind of uh, immunity issues, uh, this thing can be really deadly to you. And we want to protect you for that. So, again, all of our Chartel folks, we want our, our older folks, we want you to stay home. We want you to keep watching online. We want you to let this thing die out a little bit more uh, until it becomes more safe for you to come. We want you here. We'd love to see you face-to-face, -face, but we want you safe above all. That's going to be our first step forward. Again, one service only, 1030, every other row. We are going to be... Uh, asking uh, you to maintain social distancing. Uh, our staff and our volunteers who are going to be helping will be wearing masks. Uh, you are more than welcome to wear one if you'd like. We will have masks available for you if you come and, and feel like you'd like to have one. We'll be happy to provide one uh, for you. It's not necessary, but it is, it is your choice. We do ask again, um, I know this is hard. Some of you who know me know that I'm high touch, and this thing has been killing me, not being able to just hug everybody everywhere. But when when you come, please, next Sunday, look at me. When you come next Sunday, please don't go around hugging people. Please. Uh, we're going to ask you to respect the social distancing that people want and to maintain that six-foot distance between them, not only on your rows and the pews, but uh, out in the lobby and so forth. And, and again, if you haven't read this sheet yet, um, we're going to open our doors at 10 a.m., 
uh, for you to be able to enter. Uh, there won't be coffee. There won't be donuts. We're not going to be serving any of that. There are not going to be classes. We're going to do the service only. And then after the service, we are going to dismiss you by rows so that you can exit out and head to the parking lot. And again, please, I know you want to spend time. I know you're tired of being isolated. But if you want to have conversations, we're going to ask you to take those conversations outside. We don't. What we don't want is to have social distancing in here and create a mob in the, in the lobby uh, where everybody's in everybody's space. So again, next week, we're going to ask you as you leave to exit on uh, out into the parking lot. Now, again, if we can do this for a few weeks, if we can let the heat of all of this stuff begin to continue to die down, then we can begin to take another step forward. Our desire at this point is that um, June 21st, uh, that we will be able to begin having classes for adults and kids. And again, we know that even then there will be... Uh Many of you who will still feel that it's not safe yet for you, and that's fine. We're going to give our classes the option whether they want to meet or not. That's totally up to them, uh, but we're, we're, we want to take that step. But there are two things I want to tell you about moving forward to that. One is that's only going to happen if, if, again, if the numbers stay down and it feels like we're still uh, moving in the right direction with this COVID-19 virus. The other thing for our children uh, to be able to have programming for our children, we are going to need volunteers who are willing to help with that. And uh, so many of our volunteers who help with our kids are older adults who um, may not want to come back yet, and we want to respect that. So that means some of you who are younger, maybe some of you who actually have children in the program, we need you to contact Pastor Sarah and let her know that you'll be happy to be a volunteer either on a regular or rotating basis as we're moving forward with this. Um, because again, if we don't have an acceptable number of volunteers, then we can't have programming for children. It's simply, uh, it's just that simple. Uh, so next week when you come, your children will be with you and they will be sitting with you where, wherever your family sit. And we are asking families to sit in family groups and whatever row they're on to have, uh, again, space between them and other families. Again, all of the details uh, of this are uh, available on our website or on our app or on our Facebook page. If you have any questions at all uh, about this, feel free to call us here at the office this week. Uh, obviously, tomorrow's Memorial Day. The office will be closed, but most of you have my cell. You're welcome to call me um, or call us uh, after Tuesday morning after we do Dan's funeral. Feel free to contact us, and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. The other thing in this, and this will really help us, if you are planning on coming May 31st. If you are planning on being here next Sunday, would you do this for me? Would you just contact us? Um, would you just call the office? Let us know. Just um, let us know that you and however many members of your family are going to come. It'll just help us because we really don't know what to expect. It seems like many, many people are still cautious at this point, but we do want to make sure that we've got enough space and distance uh, for everyone. So please contact us. Let us know. And as we move forward, when we get to numbers where we feel like it's uh, prudent and safe, we will add the second service back and begin to begin to do that. But we're going to just kind of take this one step at a time. I, I hope that's helpful for you. Again, if you have any questions, you can feel free to call me or Pastor Janet or any of us here at the office, and we'll be helpful to, happy to walk through any more of that with you. Okay? All right. Let's turn to the message for, for today. We've been in a series called Defining Moments. And uh, we've been looking at the little things that make a big difference. Now, the one I'm going to talk about today is probably going to challenge the best 
that is in um, some of us. Um, I want to talk today about forgiveness. Um, I was reading a, 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 a blog article this guy wrote, and he had posted a question uh, that he posted to, to people who followed his blog. He asked the question, he said, so what's the longest grudge you've ever held? And I thought it was just kind of interesting reading through the responses of people about the, the different grudges that they've held and what they held them for. But what I thought was really interesting, there was one guy who responded by saying, I have held a grudge literally for decades, decades, 20, 30, 40 years, however long it was. And I'm thinking, wow, decades, what was it? And what was interesting was that the, the source of his offense that he was holding this grudge was a job interview that he showed up for. And the employer that wanted to hire him, he said, saw him in the lobby uh, waiting and he walked by him and basically ignored him. And then when it was all said and done, uh, told him he didn't really have time for him and then he wanted him to come back the next day. And uh, the guy was really upset because he had given hours of his time preparing for this uh, interview. And I, and I understand that he was upset. But what I thought was interesting was, you know, that, that again, he, he walked out of there and he said he still, he said he still holds the grudge. He still holds the anger against that employer for decades. Are you hearing this? For decades. Now, here's my question to you. What unforgiveness are you holding in your heart? What grudge, what um, thing has happened to you uh, from someone you know that you're still holding on to? Because what I want to talk about today, in some ways it's just a little thing, but this can make such a big difference in your relationship. I want to talk to you today about this idea of being a redeemer. Being a redeemer. Being able in your relationships to forgive the offenses that are committed against you. Now, again, look at me for a second. I hear my heart. I, I know that there are things that happen to you that are incredibly devastating. I know that there are situations of abuse and things that take place that are not something that we just easily let go of. And I'm not even talking today about, um, always talking about reconciliation and being with, because there are some people, quite frankly, there are some people that aren't safe for you and you may need to keep distance from them in your life. That's not what I'm talking about today. What I am talking about are sometimes the things that we hold on to, can we be honest? They aren't worth holding on to. But we do. That's what I want to talk about. Passage of Scripture I want you to look at with me today is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Paul was writing this to the church. He said, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, he said, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Let me say that again. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Okay, look at me for a second. How many of you, you can hold your hand up wherever you are. How many of you, you got enough to work on just reading that sentence right there? <laughs> yeah? Listen to this. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you 
must forgive others. <clears throat> the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Pastor Steve, why should I forgive? No matter how small or big it is, why should I let that go? Why should I do that? Well, I thought about that this week. And I came up with what I think are five really good reasons that you need to become a redeemer instead of someone who is unforgiving. Are you ready? Let me give you, let me give you five of them. I'll give them to you pretty quick. Here's the first one. First off, I want you to realize this. Forgiving others is actually a gift that we give ourselves. Forgiving others is a gift that we forgive ourselves that we give to ourselves. Listen to this. Passage of scripture from Mark eleven twenty five. 25. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone that you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. In other words, Jesus was saying, and again, sometimes we really struggle with this. In Matthew, he says, you know what? If you're, not, if you're not willing to forgive, then God really can't forgive you. You become this bottleneck for grace. And in other words, Jesus is saying, you know what? When, when you forgive, you not only open up the, the bridge between you and someone else, but you open up the flowing grace of God between God and you. It's a gift that you give to yourself. I, I love, I've, I read several quotes this last week that I, I just thought were really cool. Throw it up on the screen for me. Um, it says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Throw that next one up on the screen. I love, this was my favorite one. Holding a grudge is like some, letting someone live rent-free in your head. Did you hear that? Uh, holding a grudge is like letting someone live rent-free in your head. Is that really what you want to do? You know, I was thinking about, you know, unforgiveness is like, it's, it's like shackles that we put on ourselves. When we think about forgiving, we think we're setting someone else free if we forgive. You're wrong. Forgiveness is setting yourself free. I heard about an illustration uh, some time ago that I, I thought was really interesting. They were talking about how they trap monkeys. And they were talking about, uh, I've got a, a jar here, and what they use in uh, countries where they have monkeys is they actually use gourds. And what they do is they put, um, uh, these gourds are heavier, obviously, than this jar, but they put a, a piece of food, something down in that, in that uh, gourd that monkeys like, and then they wait and they watch. And when the monkeys come, they see it, and they reach in, and when they grab hold of it, They've got now. They've got this. They've got this. Uh, this piece of food in their hand. Problem is, they can't get their hand out. And so when the when the when the trappers come to get the monkey, the, the monkey tries to get away, but he won't let go of the food. He won't let go. And, and so he's got this gourd, and because he's got this heavy gourd, he can't run. And so he becomes a victim of himself. Don't miss this. This is us. Here's the deal. How, how big is this thing that you're really holding on to? Is it really worth you being a slave? How in the world today can you set yourself free? It's really simple. For many of us today, our step of freedom is simply this. Let it go. Let it go. 
Because the moment you let it go, you shake off the shackles that you've been trying to put on someone else. Forgiveness is a gift that we give ourselves. There's a, a, another great thing about forgiveness. is forgiving refocuses our attention from the past to the present and future. From the past to the present and future. You know, I was thinking about this. How, how many people, they, they walk through life this way. You know, they're trying to move forward, but their eyes are fixed behind them. They're, they're focusing on the things that have happened to them, the things that have been said to them, the things that have been done to them. And as long as we have our focus in the past, we're not fully present for, for what's happening today, and we're certainly not looking forward to what's going on tomorrow. I love what Paul says in, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Paul says, you know, I do not say that I have received this or that have, I have already become perfect. This is so good. He says, but one th- I do one thing. I forget everything that is behind me, and I look forward to that which is ahead of me. You hear that? I forget everything that is behind me, and I look forward to that that is ahead of me. I, I love that, that word that's used there for, for forget it is, a, is a Greek word that literally means to take it and to set it aside, to take it and to set it aside, to take it and to set it aside. And if this thing that you're struggling to forgive, every time it comes up, you know what? Take it and set it aside. Um, <laughs> I love, love there's a story about a, a man who, Came into work one day and he, he looked really tired. He was kind of dragging he had bags under his eyes. And, and one of his fellow workers said something to him and said, Dude, man, you look, <laughs> you look awful. What's happened to you? And he said, Oh, man. He said, I, I came home late. And uh, he said, my wife was really upset, and we got into it, and man, she was, she, she was railing on me for hours. He goes, she was absolutely historical. And his friend said, you mean, a, you mean hysterical? He said, no, I mean historical. She brought up every single thing in my past I had ever done. Some of you can relate to this. Sometimes when people offend us, sometimes when people have hurt us, sometimes when, um, when we've had an offense, something said, something done, Sometimes we just like save that up and we just keep looking at it, keep dwelling on it, keep going over it and over it on. And here's here's all I want you to understand. Do you realize that every single day you ruminate about the past, you rob yourself of your future? You're stealing from yourself the moments that you should be enjoying right here and right now. Set yourself free. Change your focus from what was to what is. Let me give you another one. Forgiveness can heal much deeper than we can see or know. Forgiveness can heal much deeper than we can see or know. 
You know, when I was, when I was thinking about this whole idea of forgiveness this week, and, and I was thinking about um, why, why is it so hard for us to forgive sometimes, and why don't we do it freely? I, I, one of the things I thought about is I think sometimes we just forget how much forgiveness really means to someone. Uh, if it's a spouse or if it's a kid or if it's a parent, um, if it's a close relationship, when someone has hurt us and offended us and they know that we are upset with them, um, it, it's so interesting how sometimes we just forget what that means to them when we, when we go to them and we go, you know what, I'm, I'm done holding a grudge. Or, you know, I know when they, when they apologize, do be able to receive that and go, it's okay. It's okay. And, and we affirm them and, and, we, and we validate them and, and we welcome them. Just like the, the father with the prodigal son when he ran to meet him and he, and he kissed him on the cheek and he welcomed him home. You know, the son said, just make me a slave. And the daughter said, no, 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 my son is home. Do you understand what that meant to that son? And do you understand, for some of us today who, who've had this thing going on with someone in life, do you have any idea what it would mean to them if you just went to them and go, you know what? It's okay. I'm putting that aside. I, I don't want this thing to be between us anymore. I love you. Do you have any idea what that would mean for people? You know, a little forgiveness from us can really be a big deal to others. And even in little circumstances, you know, several years ago when we were living in Phoenix, um, one um, Monday, I was on uh, my way to work, and um, Phoenix traffic was heavy, and I was on a, you know, on a surface street, but there were like three lanes, like six-lane street there. And I was driving along, and I had made my 7-Eleven stop, and I had my 24-ounce cup of coffee in my hand, you know, and, and I'm bleary-eyed, and as I, I was pulling up to a light, traffic got started, you know, backing up, and, and I had to kind of quickly stop, and, and as I was, you know, kind of sipping my coffee, and I had to kind of quickly stop. Well, when I did, all of a sudden, I heard this, boom, and I jolt, jolted forward, and I, and I looked up, and there was a young lady in the car behind me that had hit, couldn't hit her brakes ahead, of, you know, quick enough, whether she was too close or whether she was not looking or whatever, but anyway, she, me, and she hits me. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is a great way to start a Monday, you know. And so I, I put my car in park, and, and, and I got out of the car to walk back. And as I, I walked back to, to, look, to look at my car, this young lady gets out of her vehicle, and she is literally shaking. She is so upset, shaking. And as I look at the back of my car, I had a big old car then. It, it, there wasn't any damage. It wasn't any big, it wasn't any big deal. Uh, her car, if anything, was going to get hurt worse than mine. And she came up, and she, just, she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, just, I didn't mean to do this. I didn't mean to do this. And she was just absolutely panicking. And I just reached out, and I just patted her arm. And I said, hey, sweetie, it's okay. I said, it's no big deal. No harm. No foul. Are you Okay. And she shook her head. And I said, then go, go in peace. It's no big deal. It's, I, they don't even have to turn it in. And this gal literally just burst into tears, grabbed me. Now, again, this is a six-lane street. I'm standing beside my car with this gal who I did not know, squeezing me, sobbing on my shoulder. All because I gave her what? A little gift of forgiveness. Little gifts of forgiveness will mean more to your kids than you have any idea. More, these little gifts of forgiveness will mean more to your spouse than you know. 
These little gifts of forgiveness will mean more to the people in your life than you think they will. It may not be a big deal for you, but you know what? Sometimes for people, it really is a big deal for them. You can bless somebody in a big way. Let me give you a, a, a fourth one. And when I thought of this, some of you will, will recognize this right away. Forgiving also removes the awkwardness for others around us. Forgiving will also can help remove the awkwardness from those for others that are around us. Now, again, just think this thought with me. Have you ever been at a family gathering where one's, one person is angry and upset at another person and the, the tension in the room is so thick you can like cut it with a knife? Have you ever been in that kind of a circumstance? Or have you ever been in an office where one person has a grudge against another person and, and uh, you know, they're, they're walking around and the whole office is like walking on eggshells because one person hasn't yet forgiven another person something. And, and you get this and, and oftentimes this will go on for days and weeks and months and, and there's this elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. And sometimes we just don't understand that when I forgive someone else, it's not just about me and them. It's about me and them and all of these people that we're connected to. I love this. I saw this cartoon as we throw that up on the screen for me. This is a team that says, okay, team, that's everything on the agenda. Is there any other business or anything we've missed? Yeah. And sometimes that's exactly how we live, isn't it? We've got this huge elephant in, in the room that nobody's talking about. And until we deal with it, we're all living in this intense mode. Look at me, please. Make eye contact with me for a second. Set your family free. Set your office free. When you forgive, it just doesn't help you and this person that you're forgiving. It helps every single one around you. Let me give you one more. Forgiving is our chance to pay forward God's amazing gift of grace. Forgiving is our chance to pay forward God's amazing gift of grace. There's a, a passage of scripture in Psalm 130 that I just love. Psalm 130, verse 3. The psalmist said, Lord, if you keep in mind our sins, then who could ever? get an answer to his prayers. But you forgive. What an awesome thing this is. What an awesome thing this is. Has God forgiven you? Have you found yourself in need of the grace of God? Have you ever thought about the fact that when someone commits an offense against you, that that is your opportunity to give a little bit of what God has freely handed you? you know, Matthew 18, um, Jesus tells this phenomenal story. It's a, it's a story about um, two people in need of forgiveness. One is a guy who goes before the king and um, 
the king is kind of settling his debts. And as this guy comes in before the king, this, this guy owes the king 10,000 bags of gold. Uh, that's a number too big for most of us to even imagine. It's uh, when, people, when scholars have tried to figure out how much that is, it, it, it ranges, but it's like millions and millions and gazillions of dollars. It's a, it's a debt that the man couldn't pay. And as he stood before the king, the, the guy said, I'm sorry, I can't pay it. And the king said, well, okay, then, you know, if you can't pay your debt, you're going to have to go to jail. And so he was going to sell the man's stuff and put the man in jail. And the guy pleaded with the king. He said, please, please forgive me. If you'll just, if you'll just give me a chance, I'll pay it back. Now, the guy's lying. He'll never be able to pay it back. But he, he pleads to the king, please, if you'll let me, I'll pay it back. And what the king says is unbelievable. Said, And the king had pity on him. And he canceled his debt. Canceled it. Didn't say, I'll give you five years, 20 years, or 30 years to pay this debt. He canceled the debt. And he let the guy go. And the guy goes out and he, he runs into a guy who owes him money. And the guy who, his guy, he owed him, uh, the guy owes him uh, 100 silver pieces. And he says, where's my money? And the guy who owes him 100 silver pieces says, you know what, I, I, I don't have it, and, and, but if you'll give me a chance, I'll, I'll pay it back. He makes the same plea that the guy had just made to the king. But instead of being forgiving, like the king was forgiving with him, the guy says, no, and he throws the man in jail for 100 silver pieces. Now, I want to say a couple of things. First, I want you to understand that 100 silver pieces was, was, was uh, no small thing. Um, a silver piece was the daily wage for a foot soldier. So 100 silver pieces would be like over three months wages that this guy owed. That's, that's a considerable amount of money to someone. And what I want you to understand, when Jesus told that story, he wasn't trying to minimize the amount that this guy owed this, this, this other guy. He wasn't trying to minimize that amount. Here was the point that he was making. Jesus was saying that, you know what, even though this guy may owe you a considerable amount, it does not compare to what the king has forgiven you. You know, every single one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ have stood before our king. And we have asked him to forgive us of a debt that there is no way that we could ever pay. Do you do that with other people? I want you to think this morning about that person that has offended you. I want you to think about that offense. I want you to think about that hurt. I want you to think about that wrong that they have done. What would it take to pay that back for you? If you beat them, would that be enough? If you beat them within an inch of their life, would that be punishment enough? If you, if you stuck them in a prison and locked them away for forever, would that, would that be enough? If you took that individual and you stuck them on a tree and you drove nails in their hands and feet until they died, would that be enough to settle that debt for you? Because that's what the king did to pay your debt. You had a debt that there was no way you could ever pay. But your king 
canceled that debt through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ spilt on a cross for you. That's why I, I wrote in my notes this, this statement that, you know, the grace you may have to give sometimes may seem like really big grace, but the grace you give will always pale in comparison to the grace you've received. I want you to bow your heads and wherever you are. Just close your eyes for a moment unless you're driving. Don't do that. But this morning, I, I do want you to think about with me, who is it that you need to forgive? Who is it that has a debt that you need to cancel today? And I don't know how big that debt is. I don't know how long you've held that over their head. I don't know how long this grudge you've been holding has, as you've been carrying. But today, are you willing to see that in light of the grace that God has offered to you? And this morning, would you do them a favor? Would you do yourself a favor? Would you bless the heart of your heavenly Father by doing for them what God has done for you. Would you forgive? Let me pray for you. Father, this morning, um, I have no idea the debts that um, many of us are carrying for others. But Father, today, I pray that you would help us to do what you have done for us that you would help us to forgive. Father, your word says that you are willing to forgive us no matter what we've done, no matter how long we've done it, no matter how bad we offended you or, or how long we lived there, whatever it was. Lord, your word says when we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, when you died on the cross, you said it is finished, literally paid in full. So Father, would you help us to be as free to give grace as we have wanted to receive grace with our spouse, with our kids, with our coworkers, with the guy who's driving like crazy on the freeway. Would you help us to stop being unforgivers? And would you teach us the power and the privilege and the peace that comes in being redeemers? Lord Jesus, you said it so well to us. Freely you have received. Freely give. May we do that, Lord, in our relationships. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen.